Welcome back, guys, to the CJ's Diary Podcast. I know it's been two months or so, but first, I want to say, even though it's a bit late to say it, happy two, I meant one year, anniversary for CJ's Diary Podcast. Been up for a year now. Um... But, yeah, thank you for all the people that have watched it this whole time. I know, not many. Only have, like, I know not many. But if you have, thank you so much for watching it. It's been a year, and I hope y'all are doing great. So, um, time to get into the episode. So today uh, was Wednesday, my first remote learning day of the week um so it was pretty fun and all i did stuff uh started off the day i obviously ate breakfast then i went just played on my ipad um and yeah uh and then we got to school i present it was a big day for me today because we presented our slides um for today and or my uh extreme nature slides and uh i did blizzards or i did it yesterday i presented it yesterday but they did the rest of the people but it was good um it's january 13th it's 4.30 when I'm recording this, so, yeah, um, usually I'll do it at 5 o'clock, maybe 6, 7-ish, but, uh, I decided to do it, in since I haven't been uploading, I'm gonna do a double header, it, because it's the anniversary, um, I'll be uploading today and tomorrow an episode, because I know you guys have been probably missing me, but, uh, yeah. Oh. My name is CJ. I'm just going to remind you. My name is CJ. I'm the host. But yeah. Uh, <clears throat> then, after we did reading, we had the... What is it? We had a snack break. And it was good. Um, yeah. Uh... And then I we went to math, which I always do great at. I smashed it, which I did great at. Um, <clears throat> next, I had music, which was pretty nice. Then lunch. Then I did writing, did science, and ended off the day, which was pretty good. And now I've just been chilling. Um, but yeah. Um, it's been pretty good so far um, today. Uh, so let's get into the sports talk. Let's first get down to NASCAR. Um, first with NASCAR, I'm, I'm gonna log on so I can show you all the news. But as most of you NASCAR fans probably have heard, um, with the Haley Deegan iRacing accident. To me, that's the second NASCAR incident that's happened. 
in that has to do with NASCAR on Irish. And it's another word thing. Um, like, I'm not going to play the clip because I don't want it. But let's talk about it. Let me go to NASCAR so that way I can see the news. But Haley Deegan on uh, on um, on the uh, NASCAR rating. Uh, so NAS. So what it says is here. Here we go. Let's read it. Uh, it says on Sunday evening. David Gilliland Racing NASCAR Truck Series driver Haley Deegan was competing in an I- online iRacing event and streaming it live on Twitch, something she had never previously done in her personal account. The 19-year-old Timikilata, uh, California native, I don't, I don't know if it's Timikila, you can say if I'm spelling it wrong, um, offended several fans. During this event, after using a word she later described as insensitive and inappropriate slang, while some felt that the criticism directed her was an overreaction, others called for her to be canceled. She types in on Twitter, Earlier tonight, I used an insensitive word during an online race being broadcast on Twitch. It was inappropriate and, and in, it was an inappropriate it was inappropriate slang and a stupid thing to do. I apologize to everyone who's offended by it. There's no excuse for it. And I know I have to do better for my sponsors and my fans. Deegan, who finished third place in the Arkham Menard series, make champ or championship standings last season made her truck series debut with David Gilliland, then DGR Crossley, back in October at Kansas Speedway and finished 16th place after starting 37th, or 34th, I meant. The three-time K&M Pro Series West race winner is set to compete full-time as a rookie in the truck series this season. Her penalty effectively amounts to an indefinite suspension. But because of the fact that the season hasn't begun yet and is scheduled to do so for another month, she won't miss any races, provided she completes the training in a timely fashion. Her punishment is simulator, er, s- similar in niche nature to the entire penalty penalty handed to Kyle Larson last April when he used a racial slur during an iRacing event, also when <clears throat> NASCAR was not running any live races. He eventually ended up losing his ride with Chip Ganassi Racing, but only after several sponsors cut ties with him. He is set re- to return the sport in 2021 with Hendrick Motorsports after being reinstated in 
reinstated, but effectively remains on probation. Fortunately for Deegan, she has not been penalized beyond being beyond being required to complete sensitivity training and, of course, social media criticism. So that's she. It's like Kyle Larson's, um, what they did, Kyle Larson, or what Kyle Larson did, um, but different, like they said. So that still is, uh, it's almost as the same, uh, but yeah. Let's read this next poem. Oops, oops. I can't look at that. Um,. Okay, let's see. But yeah, to the NASCAR. Alright, let's see. NASCAR drivers um, in Chili Bowl. Alright, let's see. Let's see. This, I'm reading the this off NASCAR. The last article was from. Uh, uh, it was from Fan Sighted and Beyond the Flag, so you can go check out their articles. This one I'm reading from NASCAR.com, so that should be good. Uh, let's see. Let me go to the Chili Bowl so you I can update you guys on more Chili Bowl news from here's from nascar.com nascar driver uh in chili bowl gives dirt fans reasons to watch on sundays that appears to be the mentality most nascar cup series teams owners have now regarding their superstar drivers in part or participating in other forms of motorsports this year especially holds true for the chili bowl nationals the amount of NASCAR's own participating in this week's Chili Bowl in Tulsa, Oklahoma is as big as it ever been with 11 active drivers from the Cup, Xfinity, and Camping World Truck Series slated to take on the one or quarter mile dirt oval at River Spirit Expo Center. Those drivers include Justin Allgaier, Chase Briscoe, Christopher Bell, Chase Elliott, Ryan Ellis, Kyle Larson, Brett Moffitt, Ryan Newman, Garrett Smithley, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., and J.J. Ailey. Alex Bowman owns a team in competition as well. For Briscoe, the Cups series all right i think that's it yeah yeah but yeah that so 11 drivers like they said and i'm glad that nascar is focusing on another motorsport which is uh canon i I don't know what it's called canons dirt racing i believe so i don't know but I'm glad they're focusing on other motorsports, which I do like. 
because that is a a good thing, a good thing that they're drivers. But I don't want them getting too caught up, because then NASCAR might eventually take over K&N series, and then it's K&N original fans are gonna have nothing to do but watch NASCAR drivers learn how to drive a car around a track. I mean. It's going to add some suspense for them. It's going to add new drivers. Uh, but if they take over the sport, people are going to be bored watching it. Uh, that's what I think. But I, I'm glad they're focusing on the Chili Bowl. That's a good thing. I'm glad the drivers are doing it. I just don't want them to get too focused on it and like try owning it. I don't want that happening. All right. Let's see, um, uh, let's go now to 2020 NASCAR, or best 2020 NASCAR paint schemes. Alright, let's do this. Um, let's do it. Uh, best paint schemes from the 2020 season, NASCAR. Let's see the best paint schemes for the 2020 season. Kurt Busch finished 20th with his um his Bristol All-Star. I didn't I didn't I don't know. I have mixed feelings on this. I like the one, but it was it was okay. I'm gonna say that. He finished 20th in the Number one Chevrolet in the All-Star race, which was still a good a good finish because he always runs 20th. You'll occasionally see him running around 10th sometimes, but yeah. Next, we have... We have... Oh, ooh, this one I like. The Quinn Howe uh, in the Pinoco, the main and tail one. Ooh, that's a, or the Chevrolet, that's a good paint scheme. This, uh, just so you know, guys, this article is also on NASCAR.com. Um, next we got the the Charlotte paint scheme from Brad Keselowski. He always runs that. That's still pretty good. Yeah. Ooh, this one's a good one. The Coca-Cola, uh, salute car to America's heroes. At Charlotte Motor Speedway. That's nice. Um, next, the Pinoco scheme with Harvick. You can't complain about this. You cannot complain. That is a great scheme that we have. It just fits perfectly. The bush, and then it fits right with America. I really like that. I really like that. Next is the Darlington throwback, Ryan Newman. It's pretty good. I'd say it's like, hmm, it's okay. I'd say it's okay. Not, it, it's still pretty good. I like the orange and white, but then you have the, or the orange and the blue, I meant. But on the front, you have red and yellow, that looks like. And it can, when, the thing is, you, uh, my theory with NASCAR paint schemes is that you can't change the car so on one side it's two colors and then on the another side it's completely different colors 
it just doesn't look good. It, this is the thing with the 6 one. It's not big color change, but if it's big color change, it's, it's going to look really bad. Next, we have the 7 Josh Balicki and the Darlington throwback. I don't... If you're a fan of throwback schemes, this is a good one. But I just don't like the color and the font. It's pretty good, nonetheless. I'm not focusing on it. Next is Tyler Reddick in the Alsco Uniforms Patriotic Chevrolet. This is also a great car. I love the camo. I love it in Charlotte. It looks great. It looks like a military theme. It looks really good. I like that. Next, we have the Nine Hooters. Ooh, at Homestead. That every person that looks at paint schemes puts this on their list. This is one of the best paint schemes maybe of all time. I love that scheme that they always do with Hooters. They really stepped up. Oh, oh yeah, I love the vote for Bacon Car that he... Uh, Eric, I'm a rollerblone in uh, Kentucky in July. That was pretty good. Next, I'm just going to scroll through these. The Denny Hamlin one, the throwback. That's okay. He always does that. The body armor. That one was pretty good from, uh, what's his name, Ryan Blaney. Ew. I don't like the llama one at Martinsville. That's on my top 10 worst, maybe. It just doesn't make sense. Uh, I don't like it. I just don't. The Peak, that was pretty good for a throwback uh, that uh, Clint Boyer did. That was pretty good. Uh, next, we got the Reed Sorensen. No, Brennan Poole, I meant. Brennan Poole. The throw, or the memory for the Charlotte. That was pretty good. And then you can never complain with this. The Chris Bush, your Sonny D car. They really stepped up with this scheme this year. Next, we have the Cowboys Zombies. I think this is a first for Skittles. A first time running this. And it looks pretty good. Next, we have the... Ooh, this one is good. This one I like from Martin Church Jr., that he ran in Charlotte in May. That was really good. Really good. The Craftsman. That was okay. That was like... I don't know. The Craftsman 20 in the Roval. I don't know. I'm just going to scroll through now. Because there's a lot of schemes. Yeah, yeah. The 21 throwback. That Maddie D did. Yeah, the always. 22. That Las Vegas. The... Uh, Joey Logano runs. I love the Daytona scheme that William Byron did. It was really good for the Joey Corvette parts. Halloween, yeah, yeah. The Velveeta Sites Seltzer I didn't really like from Ryan Priest, even though I'm a Ryan Priest fan. I didn't really like it. Um, Deathwish Coffee, no. I like the Matt Kenseth Bristol All-Star scheme. Definitely the Black Lives Matter from the Wallace, which I did on 
my one of my previous episodes on the cover and this one this is gonna go on my top 10 followed by the what's it called the hooters chase elliott this 47 ricky stenhouse that he ran at talladega the nos energy drink that was so freaking good it looks great the colors just go great Uh, that looks like a petty. Yeah, that is a petty car. It's a... Oh, that's a pretty good scheme from Jimmy Johnson. He's running two schemes, and it fits perfectly. The Ally, and... Or, he's running STP, and... Oh, what's it called? Good Wrench. Which are two pretty good sponsors. Hmm. What else is good on here? can't find anything good. I like the Meloman scheme that Ross Chastain ran. Ooh. That 88 that, uh, that, uh, that, um, what's his name, Alex Bowman had, it's literally just the same thing that Chase Elliott ran in. And, yeah. Wait, Christopher, oh, he did do a throwback, or he did kind of do a throwback to... What's his name? Matt DiBenedetto's scheme. That's pretty good. I like that. Ugh, not a Coca-Cola car. I don't like that from Daniel Suarez. Xfinity, you can't go wrong definitely with uh, Michael Annette's one. What else do we have? Hmm, what's a kick I love the Deal Jr. throwback from uh, Justin Allgaier. That looked really good. Uh, then, yeah, Dale Jr. running the Hellman's again for almost a whole season, I believe. Uh, what else? Good scheme from Brandon Jones at Darlington. Yeah. Ooh, a good one from Austin Sindrick. But, yeah, we'll keep it on there for NASCAR news. I think that's enough. I think that's enough. All right, we're going to switch segments to the I'm going to now name it the shout-out spon- segment because they're not sponsoring me. I just want to do it, call it the shout-out section. All right. Shout-out for today is... B... Or no, I'm not. It's uh, called BFB. It's a show on YouTube by... Um, that I love watching. I watch it at one episode, repeating like at least 50 times. I watch it 15 times. Made by Jack and Jalifi. Uh, creators are Carrie and Michael Huang. And you should just watch their videos. They're really good. Next, we'll go to the football section. And I think maybe after this we'll end it. Then we'll do Fortnite news. Uh, probably, or gaming news, I meant. Yeah. Alright, welcome to the football section. Uh, most of you heard. Two big things. Alabama crushed Ohio State. And what's their name? 
um, and Nickelodeon did, <laughs> he actually <laughs> did the games for uh, last week's football, which was pretty good. They had games on Nickelodeon. How often do you see that? That's a first for Nickelodeon. Let's give them a round of applause. The thing that a lot of people saw when with uh, Nickelodeon when they did, since they hosted, uh, uh, NFL was on it. Um, they, a lot of people noticed that when a team scored a touchdown. They would throw some. The reporters were excellent. Uh, or the sideline reporters. <laughs> people, I don't, I, I don't know. Some people might not like it. Some people do. But young Sheldon explained what flags are. We know what flags are. It's. <laughs> I kind of think we like we know what what a flag on the play is. We're not five-year-olds watching this. A lot of good references. SpongeBob appearing up on the field goal, or in the field goal net when they kicked a field goal or an extra point. That was pretty good. Yeah. And they did comparisons like Drew Brees and, <laughs> uh, what's his name, Taysom Hill and SpongeBob and Two great duos, definitely all-time duos. Um, they also did Alvin from the Chipmunks, Chipmunks, or Alvin and the Chipmunks, and uh, what's his name? Alvin Kamara. That was a pretty good uh, jo- running joke. I kind of am saying both Alvin, both like troublemakers. You know when. They are troublemakers technically, because Alvin set or Alvin Kamara set history like a, a week or two ago against the Vikings, and I believe had the most rushing yards in a single game. He tied for second most, I believe, in history. I don't know what it was. I don't know what the record was, but yeah. Uh, now let's talk about college. First, I'm going to switch up NFL news. Let's... What do we got? Uh, This is all going to be on CBS. Alright, let's see this. NFL Insider Notes. Wink Martindale deserves more head coach buzzing. Seahawks struggle to fill offensive coordinator more. Alright, let's... This is a funny league sometimes, especially when it comes to coaching searches. Take, for instance, the curious case, or I'm just pointing out this is on CBS NFL. Take, for instance, the curious case of Ravens defensive coordinator Wink Martindale. The, The man can flat out coach. He continues to oversee an elite defense in Baltimore. Alvia one is that isn't exactly loaded with pass rushers, and he is coming off an absolutely masterclass performance against a coordinator who all six teams 
sneaking a head coach, wanted an audience, yet not a single request to interview Martindale beyond. After a year, er, odd to me, this, this, a year after the Giants talked themselves out of finalizing a deal with Martindale to instead freak over Mississippi State, yeah, that Mississippi State, possibly hiring 38-year, Patriots 38-year-old team's coordinator, Joe Judge, and decided to basically give him the job instead of waiting to see how far the Ravens advanced in the playoffs. Turned out they lost in the division run after their wild card bye. Martindale went on to lead Baltimore a top offense in many key metrics, despite playing a lot of the season without er, without getting his best defensive linemen on the field together with any regularity due to COVID and injuries. He has the strong backing of a Ravens head coach, John Harbaugh. And he is prepared, John Harborough. He he is beyond prepared to take over an NFL team. Alas, apparently he is not this year's favor. The trend on the defensive side of the ball is trending decidedly decidedly younger. Not that Martindale is by any means over the hill at age 57. In fact, his fire ability to connect with very young players and unique teaching style should be exactly what is attracting him to NFL teams. To say nothing of his ability to call a football game, exert great pressure on the opposing quarterback despite an outside pass rusher who is gifted with superior moves. He is aggressive and creative with his blitz packages, and perhaps someone interviewing Smith would check out the film of last Sunday's game. It was the first time in two years where the young offensive coordinator looked his age, and he had no answers for Scorby to approach approach to suffocating Titans 2,000-yard running back, Derrick Henry. I'm not going to read anymore because it's a way. Actually, we're almost done. Let's just read more. Uh, Consider that the Titans held the ball for over 10 minutes in the first of the fourth quarter and then 15 minutes, 59 seconds of the final 45 minutes of the game. Tennessee ran 22 times for 51 yards. Almost two-thirds of, Derek, er, of Henry's 18 rushes. 11 went for two yards or less. Four went for zero or negative rushes. And one just went over five yards. They're just er, one and two just went over five yards. With a long of eight, the Titans rolled up 121 yards on 20 plays with 10 points in the opening quarter. 
Martindale altered his coverages and matchups, doubled A.J. Brown, switched up assignments on the tight ends, and Tennessee could only muster an astonishing 88 yards on 29 plays over the final three quarters. Unfathomable. Perhaps the ultimate sign of respect or surrender was Smith calling two passing plays on in on second and two from the Baltimore 40 with 10 minutes to play and trailing 17 to 13 and then Mike Vrabel punting on fourth down from the Baltimore 40 Was Martindale's defense that in their heads on the opposite sideline? On a day they could not run with Derrick Henry, there were no real design runs or bootlegs for Ryan Tannehill. No real deep shots or calculated adjustments. The Titans were 5 of 5 for 68 yards and a touchdown, throwing to tight ends in the first half and attempted all of one pass to them in the second half. Teams like the Titans recently as November have gashed gashed the Ravens in the screen game at times, but the Titans third down back saw precious little of the game. Martindale had perhaps his finest moment during the sit in Baltimore that has included no shortage of them. Maybe some inquisitive owner or general manager might want to find out a little more about what goes into his game plans and what makes him tick. Sure, the window inter- the window to interview him easily this week has passed, and you'd have to wait for, until the Ravens lose or the Super Bowl by or the Super Bowl bye week to get an audience with him. But it might just be worth the wait. In fact, the te- the no team pounced yet as of Wednesday afternoon on any of the hot candidates, making the round seems fairly telling. Martindale is more than ready and deserving. Whew. That was a long article, but we passed through it. Let's get the last week's scores for NFL. Alright, let's see. So, last week, we had the, let's see, for the wild card round, the Bills beat the Colts 27-24, the Rams beat the Seahawks 30-20, the Buccaneers beat Washington 31-23, the Ravens beat the Titans 20 to 13. The the Saints uh beat the Bears 21 to 9. The Browns and, and the Browns beat the Steelers and the Steelers w- losing streak still continues 48 to 37. All right, let's now go over college football. As we um, uh, know, the Alabama 
or Alabama Crimson Tide won national championship for like I don't know if it was like the 80th time um but yeah 52 to 24 and you already know they're already doing great in their career but yeah all right let's go I'm not gonna talk about Alabama everyone knows they won I'm honestly sick of hearing Alabama the name because I don't like Alabama if y'all don't know all right let's see for the Orange Bowl, Texas A&M beat North Carolina 41-27. Iowa State beat Oregon 34-17. In the Outback Bowl, Mississippi beat Indiana 26-20. Kentucky beat North Carolina State in the Gator Bowl. In the Sugar Bowl, Ohio State beat Clemson 49-28. In the Rose Bowl, Alabama beat Notre Dame 31-14. In the Citrus Bowl, Northwestern beat Auburn 35-19. In the Peach Bowl, Georgia beat Cincinnati 24-21. In the Liberty Bowl, West Virginia beat Army 24-21. In the, in the Arizona Bowl, Ball State beat tw- er, um, San Jose State 34-13. In the Armed Forces Bowl... Mississippi State beat Tulsa 28-26. In the Cotton Bowl, Oklahoma beat Florida 55-20. In the the Dukes-Mayo Bowl, Wisconsin beat Wake Forest 42-28. In the Alamo Bowl, Texas beat Colorado 55-23. In the Cheez-Its Bowl, Oklahoma State beat Miami 36. 7 to 34 in the Cure Bowl Liberty Beat Coastal 37 to 34 in the Lending Tree Bowl Georgia State Beat Western Kentucky 39 to 21 in the First Responder Bowl Louisiana Beat uh Beat UTSA 31 to 24 in the Camellia Bowl I believe um Buffalo Beat Marshall 17 to 10 in the New Mexico Bowl, Hawaii beat Houston 28-14. to In the Bulls? I don't know what it's called. Um, Memphis beat Florida Atlantic 25-10. Uh, In the New Orleans Bowl, Louisiana Tech beat Georgia Southern 3-38. In the Boca Raton Bowl, 23-14. Or, um, BYU beat uh, UCF 49-23. In the famous uh, Idaho Bowl, or Idaho Potato Bowl, Nevada beat Tulane 38-27. And for the last bowl game, which I, or the first bowl game, which I don't know the name, Appalachian State beat North te- or, uh, Texas 56-20. Ooh, another long meeting. Um, we're gonna talk Fortnite now. Um, and I believe so far this is the longest recorded episode we've had of uh the CJ's Diary podcast. So for Fortnite, I don't have really new news except we all know what happened in the event, which was a pretty cool event. I got to experience it. 
new season's pretty good. It's great. And we've hit 40 minutes already. But yeah, um, let's get to the ending. This, well, uh, I hope you enjoyed this long record episode of the CJ Diary podcast. And I hope y'all are having a great new year and ha- Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. And yeah, hope y'all do great. Stay safe. And this episode is thanks to Anchor for all the stuff you've let us done. Stay safe, guys. Wear your masks. And I'll see you guys in a later episode of the CJ's Diary Podcast. Happy one-year anniversary for us. Bye.